Hi everyone, welcome back to the Mandarin Blueprint Podcast. This is episode number 63. And again, we're going to go through the emails and general topics before at the beginning of the podcast and talk more about the, the let's say, uh, more to do with the specifics of our course, the Mandarin Blueprint Method itself towards the end. We've got a ton of emails, which is fantastic, but it's going to be a bit of a long one today. Uh, so I'm going to jump straight into it. Uh, the first email we've got is from Kate Gans by, uh, and she says, thanks, by the way, it's been really helpful when you put the links to the YouTube, uh, the YouTube links right after the question that is addressed. So just in case you're not sure if you're not on the course, for example, or you're on the course, but you just haven't noticed this part of the original reason why we did this podcast uh, was 100% to support members of our site, the people that are using our course. Uh, it's kind of both now. It's kind of for people, just general Chinese uh, learners as well. But the main, uh, one of the main purposes of this uh, podcast every week that we do is to answer the questions and comments that we get from the podcast every week, uh, from the course itself on the platform, because we just don't have the manpower to sift through all the comments and answer it like, as they come in. Um, when they come in directly through email, we'll always directly answer, no problem. But on the course itself, we'll pick out some interesting things or some uh, important comments and we'll answer directly. Now, once we've actually filmed the podcast, uh, we cut up the individual, we send timestamped links as a reply to that person on the comments. And it was kind of an experimental thing. We'd never seen it done anywhere else. Uh, I'm sure some, maybe someone else is doing it somewhere, but we thought that'd be a nice way of uh, saving a little bit of time for us, but also giving not only a response to everyone, but also a video response to almost everyone. Um, so thanks. I'm glad you I'm glad you appreciate that, Kate. Uh, she also says, I think I listened to that episode, but at the time I had not reached that point in the course, so I didn't know which sentence was being referred to. I listened to the audio only podcast for that one. I always read the comments at the end of a lesson. That's great. And if someone has a question, I often have the same one. So it's nice to be able to link to an answer. Thanks for also taking the time to create all the podcasts and YouTube clips. They've been quite helpful. That's no problem. We actually really enjoy doing them every couple of weeks or, you know, it's like on and off alternating me and Phil every other week. I'm still really enjoying the course and hope to finish level 18 soon. Great progress. Uh, an interesting thing I've noticed is that I'm getting better at reading the sentences silently and understanding them. At first, I had to say them out loud and very slowly to be able to understand them. Hmm, very similar to when we were children, right? That's how, I mean, I don't know about you, uh, but I, that's how I sort of started off reading. I remember that very clearly, reading out loud every word that I saw in front of me. Um, in fact, my brother, right, my little brother, he actually, I had to teach him how to read in his head because he couldn't switch it off. It was, I just, this weird memory of when I was like eight years old, trying to teach my five-year-old brother, you can read in your head, you know, and he's just like, he just couldn't, how, how do I do that? <laughs> um, that was hilarious. Uh, I still read out loud to practice pronunciation, but some days I don't feel like talking. Uh, so it is great to be able to read silently. Fantastic. Uh, it's also interesting is that I can understand the sentences without having to translate them to English word by word. This, since this is the first language I focused on truly learning, as an adult, I assume, uh, now I realize what people mean by thinking in another language. Oh, that's music to my ears to know that we're helping you to think in Chinese. 
That's true acquisition, by the way. That means you've, you're, you've really started to acquire the language instead of learn it. And I can maybe talk about the difference between those two things in just a minute. It sounds like an obvious point, but when I took two semesters of French, I did just enough to get through the class. Uh, so I never had this type of experience. Yeah, that's called learning a language as opposed to truly acquiring it. So let's just finish our comment here. I also find learning Mandarin more enjoyable than learning French because of the characters. Put that in bold there, because of the characters. In a way, it reminds me of when I was a kid and collecting things like Star Wars action figures or My Little Pony toys. Every time I'd learn a new character, it's like I've increased my collection. And an advert for this would read something like, you too can collect all 3,000 characters plus 2,000 character expansion pack. And I'll never run out of characters to collect. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, there's, uh, there's technically like, you know, uh, 100,000 characters or maybe more. Maybe I've, I've heard numbers, silly numbers, like 250,000. Um, but the average well-educated Chinese person will know, be able to recognize and pronounce and understand between five and 8,000, right? And 3,000 is sort of the minimum for advanced uh, literacy and therefore fluency if you learn the, the, what we consider the right way by through reading and listening. So yes, and if you want to think of it in terms of like, you want to master Chinese like an apps, like a native, 3,000 is the minimum, really. Um, but I don't like thinking like that because, you know, I probably know th between three and 4,000 somewhere in terms of recognition. But by the time you get to that point, you don't have to put so much effort into learning characters because they're just not as important, really. And uh, you can just sort of figure out the pronunciation by what they look like most of the time. Um, and you can guess the meaning through context as well. It's because it's you have so much foundation to build on. Anyway, I digress. So I was going to mention the difference between acquisition and learning. This is when me and Phil started getting into uh, creating Mandarin Blueprint. We were when we were starting off with just small group classes. This was one of the parts of our demo to attract new clients. Uh, people that would join our class, they'd give us a, you know, a few dollars per hour and we would tell them how to learn Chinese. Um, and one of the key parts of our demo was one of the key things that inspired us to that sort of made us improve our language learning journey so much, which was the work of Dr. Stephen Krashen. That was one of the big influences for us. And it, you should really just get into his uh, there's, there's videos from like the 1970s or 80s when he really started his research started becoming popular and um, there was one, one of the key things that he would delineate between was the idea of acquisition and learning. So <clears throat> acquisition is what we all want, really. It's truly acquiring a language, and it's more of a subconscious process. Uh, so that's, it actually makes it a disadvantage of acquisition from the view of a traditional learning, like universities, schools, because it's subconscious, so it's really hard to test for. Um, you don't necessarily know you've learned a word or you've acquired a word when you acquire it. It's not like an obvious thing. Whereas learning is more like, you know, well, textbooks, classrooms, repeating what you hear then and there. Um, not really, not, not basically learning, not through listening and reading to content you can understand. When you listen and read to content you can understand, you click with all the words in the sentences you're reading and listening to and you develop your knowledge and, and, and understanding of those words and grammar points and characters as you consume the language. 
and it's a mainly subconscious process. Uh, and it's 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 a lot more enjoyable, I guess. But it's also I get the it's a lot more effective, certainly. But also I get the draw of learning in the traditional sense because you can just pick up a textbook or you can you can finish a, a fill in the blank sentence at the like one of those test questions, like a grammar question at the at the end of a textbook chapter. Uh, you can you can read a wall of text in a textbook with, uh, but having to continu continuously looking at the word list next to you to actually sort of translate what you're reading and and technically finish the uh, the the article or the paragraph or whatever, but not really understanding what it what it means in the language. You're not like Kate says thinking in the language, but you can finish that chapter in a textbook and you can think I've done that chapter all about, you know, things in the kitchen or, you know, going to the cinema. Now I'll go to the next chapter. And it's, it's a feeling of accomplishment and ticking stuff off, ticking the box is nice, but you haven't actually learned it. I remember Dr. Krashen was always taught, there was one uh, quote of his I really liked, I'm not going to quote him exactly, but he was, he's a grammarian, you know, that was his original uh, uh, vocation. That's what he learned for many, many years. Uh, and he would say that he knew how to explain the subjunctive in French perfectly. He understood it perfectly from a learning perspective. But he found that when he actually went, wanted to use it in conversation, it wasn't there for him. It wasn't there in his brain. It was there, but it wasn't accessible because he hadn't acquired it. He'd learned it. So I hope that's uh, that's always just a really interesting uh, difference. Uh, th two things are very important to understand and uh, especially when going into our course or, or going into learning language in general. Uh, so uh, next is Daniel Saitowitz by email. He says, hi Luke, uh, I've been working through the free trial this week. You mentioned the course will eventually cover over what, 1400 characters, it's actually 1500, but you'll need about 3000 to get to an advanced level. I'm around 200, uh, sorry, 1,200 characters at the moment, but I found it much harder to progress as the characters get more obscure and less frequently used. What's your advice on carrying on and getting to that 3,000 character level? So me and Dan had had a, a brief uh, interaction. I sent him a, a video reply, and you, you'll free, feel free to check that out. I'm sure Dan won't mind. Um, he was he was just saying, look, I'm already quite advanced. Is your course going to help me? And he, he says, yeah, he says he knows 1,200 characters and he's learned that his own way. I don't know how he's learned them, but there's many other ways to learn characters out there. So he, he's somehow learned those characters. And he says, you know, you only cover 1,500. Is it worthwhile? And I, the first thing I said in the video was yes, if not only because you can sign up for at least a month or two and just learn our methods and apply it to an, a more advanced uh, list of characters if you must. But it's very likely that our character list is going to be different from the 1200 characters you learned because we made our own character list ourselves based on uh, analysis of over a billion characters and our own sort of human understanding of Chinese. Uh, so it's very likely we'll include a lot of characters that you haven't already learned. But I would recommend for more intermediate people, higher level. Uh, we're at 1500 characters at the moment, uh, which is intermediate. Uh, you can just go through and skip over the characters you know 100%, as in you can read and pronounce them at least, maybe even you can write them too, if you want to have a really high sort of standard. And go through the characters and learn the method, that's the important thing. 
go to the end of our 1500 and then go and find another list of characters if you like and apply it to that. But by the time you've done that, you, we'll probably have up to 3000 already anyway. <laughs> so um, my advice for you would be still the same. It would still be join the course if nothing, if, if for nothing else than just to learn the characters that you don't really know in our list and learn the method. And it's not just character method that we cover, of course. It's, you know, we have an awesome pronunciation course, Pronunciation Mastery. Uh, we teach you how to learn words through vocabulary sort of mnemonics. Uh, we also teach you, you know, we give you a ton of reading and listening content that's perfectly designed for where you are in the course sentences, dialogues, paragraphs, and full stories. And we're going to have a ton more full stories as well. I'll tell you more about that as I get to the course updates. I've probably already told you before, but it's worth mentioning again. So yeah, that's what I would say to you, Dan. Um, what's your advice? Let me just make sure I've answered the question. What's your advice on carrying on and getting to that 3000 character level? Well, we've had, uh, for example, Eja, she already used our method to pass the HSK four. Now, at the time, we were only covered up to HSK two or three, but she went and did what I suggested. She took the methods and found her own HSK four list of characters and words. And she applied exactly the same thing to them, and she passed the HSK four in five months from pretty much zero. Uh, so you could just do the same thing: go and find, you know, there's loads of resources out there, different character lists, three thousand characters. Go and collect them all, as Kate would say, uh, and do it your own way. But again, by the time you've got to that point, and it's not just about characters, it's also about words and, and understanding grammar through comprehensible input, you know, Dr. Crash and stuff. So, and we offer all that as well. So it's not just about smashing your way through the characters, it's also understanding how to read them in context and understand them through listening as well. So. We offer all that. So by the time you actually consume all of that content for 1500 characters worth and, and 4000 words, which is what we currently have in the course, I think you'll be, I think by the time you do that, we'll be well on the way to having the full 3000 done. But even if we're not, it's still gonna be worthwhile you doing that. Okay, so just, uh, you're on the free trial already, just join the course. You can always quit anytime uh, or get your money back in 30 days if you really don't, if it's not for you. Uh, Chad Wrestler uh, says, hey guys, just wanted to let you know that I'm still plugging along. I've been getting the emails about having gone a week without activity. Yes, we kind of, we do that on the course. We bug you a little bit if you haven't touched any lessons for a week or so. Uh, I feel I made a mistake earlier by not doing enough sentences because I wanted to get more characters. This is, a, a lot of people do this and it's absolutely fine. Uh, which is why we're actually thinking about restructuring the entire course, putting all, every single level of the 57 levels, we're thinking about just putting all of the characters at the front and the words and the grammar and stuff at the back, you know, just because people like the character, just getting the characters done. So I made the decision to halt characters until I completely caught up every sentence from level 13 to my present level, LOL. Yeah, that's a, that's a like one extreme to the other, isn't it? But that's fine. Uh, learn in your own way, whatever makes you you know, get get that Anki open or get get our course website open. I noticed when I got to levels 21 to 25 that I couldn't read the dialogues as well as I think I should be able to. I believe it is because I didn't focus on my sentences enough. I just feel like I should be able to read better than I actually can right now, and that's my fault, not the fault of the course. Every day, though, I do Anki, I've, uh, the flashcard uh, that we offer. Uh, I've memorized a few Chinese songs 
and I have that. Uh, and he he sent me a video of him on Facebook uh, doing a Chinese rap, which is actually pretty impressive. So well done with that. Um, it's a, a very unique way of of solidifying your what you've been learning through music. I'm I'm not a musical person. Uh, Phil's more the musical person, but uh, yeah, it's a, that's great. Again, whatever whatever you enjoy, that's that's what you should use. Uh, I've memorized a few Chinese songs that I've used for tongue, mouth, muscle, memory practice, and I've been putting character subtitles on some kung fu movies to switch things up a bit. I usually will watch one of my movies in Chinese and then watch one in English with character subtitles. Hmm. Hope all is well with you guys, and I'm just about caught up, so you'll have all, more of my awesome movie scenes again soon for the podcast that I'm sure you've been missing. Yes, we have. Yeah, we always want uh, Chad's awesome movie scenes. And yeah, you know, you, every now and then you'll find yourself falling uh, back on one aspect of the language and you decide you want to catch up. I, I do that all the time. You know, people have, you know, if you're distracted, you've got wife, kids, job, whatever, you'll find yourself, you're slipping in one area. It's going it's to happen. So you just go and make up for it. No big, no big deal. Okay, next we've got another email from uh, Derek Howe on this is what your study session should look like. He says, this is a great course, by the way. Thank you. I'm Chinese Canadian. I know a bit of Cantonese. And for the past three years, I've gone through multiple online apps, mini courses. And so far, I've found this method working the best. Just need to take time learning the memory method, which is beneficial to everything, not just language. Absolutely. Yeah, me and Phil have, have used um, the various memory techniques that we teach you guys to memorize speeches. Uh, I use it to memorize things that I need when I go shopping. Uh, all that sort of thing. When I'm not particularly, even though I've used it to learn 3,000 characters, I'm still not, uh, I'm just, you know, I haven't, I haven't practiced enough to be like, you know, a memory champion or anything like that, like Alex Mullen or Dominic O'Brien or whatever, like nowhere near that uh, versed in it. But if you get, if you go through our course, you can definitely apply the memory methods that we apply uh, to your own life. Lots of, lots of, lots of different areas uh, there. Great, thanks for that. Uh, next, we've got Jay. This is a post that we uh, I saw in the uh, MB community. It's our forum that we have on the course for anyone that's part of our uh, site. He says, I feel a desire to have the audio for all the required sentences somewhere so that I could listen to it ad hoc. So just for those who don't know, once you get to phase four or is it three? It's phase three, uh, where we start actually not just giving you characters and words, but giving you sentences and asking you to review flashcards with audio of those sentences, both male and female audio. And what we want to, uh, in some of these sentences, we have a star which says required. You must use this sentence uh, because it's either important for um, like unlocking a certain piece of grammar or it's a part of a larger dialogue which you unlock in phase four. So you see a lot of the sentences are part of Larger dialogues, once you've unlocked all the sentences, then you go and read the paragraph or the dialogue or the conversation, the, uh, the opinion, or we call them lots of different things. Basically, longer length content. And then in phase five, you take those paragraphs and you unlock full stories. These actual, a lot of these paragraphs make up full stories. So it's all sort of a linear progression like that, all integrated. Um, so yeah, some of them are required. You don't have to review all the sentences because sentences are infinite after all. Um, so it says, e.g., when I play it while I'm in the car, just driving around town, listening to native speakers say meaningful sentences that I can understand. Nothing rigid or structured, no quizzes, grades, or completion stats. 
just sound files I'd put on a loop, background music that would have those sounds comprehensible input in my ears a lot. I did some Googling but couldn't find any add-on for Anki, that's our flashcard app, that would allow for export of audio, certainly not for exporting only some audio. I could find individual MP3 files in the system on my PC, but they're not labeled in any way that I could easily pull out the ones for required sentences from lessons I've completed. Is this something you might consider for the future or is it even a good idea? Yes, I actually, uh, me and Phil have talked about this several times. Um, I, I, I'd like it, I'd like it as an extra thing. It's, one, it's on our list of things to do already. It's just have everything in audio format, um, just pure audio. I'm thinking this. Let me know what you think, guys. If you send an email, but I'm thinking we have all sentences, all paragraphs, and all stories. You know, like that. Or at least let's just focus on the sentence right now. So, just all sentences from each level in order, just in a, in a folder. So you have like 57 levels. So there's well, not the first 12 levels. So there's like, you know, 40 levels or so. First 12 levels, we don't have sentences. So the 40 or so levels worth of all of the sentences in order they're shown on the course or in your Anki decks, but just the audio. So you can choose, okay, I want to play level 13 uh, sentences or just all of the entire sen sentences from like, the several thousand sentences that we have. Play the audio and both male and female, maybe two separate folders like that. And another one which is just required audio. What do you think about that? So it's in the works. We've got a lot of obviously we're still working on the expansion. We're almost done with that. And there's a bunch of other stuff we want to do like add more video content to the course. Um, but that is something that I think would really add some value. So yes, good idea. Your system absolutely works as is. I keep doing air quotes today. It's really annoying for you and for me. Uh, with the Anki reviews, uh, I'm just looking to bump up my own input. Very good idea. And full disclosure, I'm sometimes too quick on the good button when I read the sentences. So in, in Anki, you can review good, bad, or easy. Uh, so it's good is like, yeah, I got it. And easy is like, it's too easy. And uh, I believe you have difficult or hard and just no, just completely wrong. Um, I read them and understand them, but I have no I have to remind or force myself to slow down and listen to the recordings so I can get the auditory input as well. Uh, this was an idea to compensate for that shortcoming. I think you said you have something like this for the longer paragraphs, opinion pieces, stories that come later on. Maybe I'm jumping the gun, trying to get it at the sentence level, in which case I'm happy to wait. You haven't steered me wrong yet. Yes, we do have the streaming audio files and of course the EPUBs, which you can access on offline and Google slide version for people on PC. Um, so you can access all the audio separately already for the longer form stuff. But I think there should be something for the sentences too, actually. And uh, Ija, one of our star students, she responded very in a very helpful way. She says, my biggest wish for MB is for the individual sentences to have audio beside the text in the course itself. So again, streaming the audio, but that would involve individually uploading them. And it's, it's going to be difficult to do. Uh, if you're, uh, but this is the bit I want to address. So she says, by the way, if you're a beginner and want something long, more than 15 minutes, interesting and fairly comprehensible for listening content, I personally listen to Chinglish podcast, where one native speaker speaks Chinese and the other host speaks in English. It's fairly less brain intensive compared to 100% Chinese, and you'll get to pick up new words here and there. There are a few out there, chill chat, 
Mandarin Monkey. Haven't heard of either of those. Chill Chat, Mandarin Monkey, uh, Chinese Pod, of course, and Pop Up Chinese is another one. Slow Chinese, uh, and for the more advanced, Bear Talk. Especially great if English is not your first language. You get to learn both. So I'll, I'll put those at the top here of the uh, show notes, so you guys can check those out. And the reason why I wanted to put Ija's comment in there is because I wanted to address the very next email, which is by Pablo Prieri on uh, level 13. Hi guys, I've recently started using the Mandarin Blueprint method and I'm closing in on 300 characters. Well done. As a result, I'm thinking about doing my HSK level three examination. I feel like my readings, writing and speaking are quite good. My main issue is with listening. Yes, it's always listening. Uh, can anyone recommend the best uh, structured online listening course that I can use to improve this aspect of my Mandarin? Any suge suggestions or comments would be much appreciated. Thanks a lot, George. Um, well, well, yeah, check out what he just said. I think check, the idea of structured, I'm not quite sure what you mean. I think you mean just uh, they have the HSK 4 or 3 or 2 word list and then they they, they base the lessons around that. I'm not sure about it. You might need to go to something like Chinese Class 101 or CSL Pod uh, for more structured ones. I personally think that, yeah, like just listening to beginner slash intermediate things. Almost did air quotes again there. Completely unnecessarily. Uh, beginner slash intermediate level stuff like what uh, Ija just mentioned, and you will naturally acquire and, and develop your listening there. Now, I also mentioned in the last podcast that I did, uh, or maybe it was the one before that, about the importance of listening and immersing yourself through listening whenever you can. Uh, so always have your earphones at the ready, as long as you're not going to annoy anyone or you know, you're, you're going to make the situation. It's not impolite or something. Just Just put the earphones in your ears and have something on. Uh, so the important thing is, the battle is, if you like, to keep exploring new things and have stuff on your smartphone, computer, whatever you have, um, and have it at the ready anytime for you to uh, just switch on for five minutes or one minute or 10 minutes, you know. So that would be my suggestion. Uh, I will, again, I'll, put, I'll list all these listening resources at the top so you can check out a few of them. Great. Uh, oh, another one from Pablo, actually. I didn't realize this. Okay. I do think you and Luke complete each other very well. Uh, please don't stop helping us climb this Chinese mountain. You are really helping us go up in a fun and holistic way. Well, that's like pretty much exactly what we want to hear. That's, that's perfect. Thank you very much. Uh, a more complete feedback from my experience so far here below. Spanish being my mother tongue, I did have to spend a considerable amount of energy to reach a native level in French. Wow, it's impressive. I had a 96 out of 100 in the C2 level exam, but it took me less than a year due to its proximity with Spanish. Still impressive, very impressive. Um, my approach was very similar to the MB method. I started getting a solid base of pronunciation, and then I'd move on to uh, learning words or verbs bottom up, which is what we talk about in the course, and finally reached the level where I could do reading and speaking also, so adding the top-down part. Learning French to a native level is, is no way comparable to learning Chinese because of the obvious reasons, the different alphabet, uh, grammar structure, sounds, etc. So I quickly began searching for efficient shortcuts or techniques to move faster without compromising the quality of my learning. 
Learning Chinese has been so far the most complicated academic task in my life, and I studied industrial engineering. Thanks, guys, for facilitating our lives, making it easier, I guess, and uh, the quality of your work is inspiring. Wow, thank you very much. That's very sweet. Awesome. So those are the, some of the emails we've had this week. As you can tell, we've got, we've got some great people on our course, very friendly, very nice, uh, and apparently very appreciative of the work. So I'm, I'm, that's so great to hear. Keeps us going, guys. Really keeps us going. Um, so yeah, let us know if you have any more, if you guys uh, have any issues or comments, anything you want to say to us at all, contact at mandarinblueprint.com. And we'll always read and answer every single email that we get, of course. Uh, so yeah, so course updates. Uh, I've already kind of given away a bunch of them anyway, but uh, we are creating, we've had so many people com complain about, well, you know, complain, just, just express their frustration that it's really hard to find an EPUB reader for Windows because apparently Microsoft, Bill Gates, capitalism, all that stuff, EPUBs are not uh, economically viable. You can't make money from them because they can be shared freely. Uh, and Bill Gates doesn't like that. So it's very difficult now, especially with the newer versions of Windows, to play EPUB audio or even read EPUBs in a lot of cases. And this was becoming more and more difficult. We actually got our own personal web developers on the case. And they gave us a couple of, uh, uh, what do we call it, a couple of solutions uh, that still work, but they'll probably go very soon as well. So it's fine for Mac or iOS on your iPhone. Uh, so Apple don't mind EPUBs, so they work absolutely fine. So you can download the EPUBs and you can click play and it even has text tracking thanks to Ija and her wonderful uh, coding knowledge that she's helped us out with. Uh, but for Windows, we've made a new solution. We're not going to use, uh, we're just going to use Google Slides. And we're in the process of creating all of the written content, the stories, the, the opinions, the dialogues right now on Google Slides, you can, as long as you have the access to the internet and a VPN, if you're in China, you can access Google Slides and just play. They don't have the text tracking, unfortunately, but they have the text and the audio. And yeah, and another cool thing as well, which we've just literally figured out in the last few days, and we're going to apply to these same Google Slides, is as you go through the course, we're all about extensive reading. So extensive reading is 98% comprehension of what you're reading and listening. We think listening is incredibly important, just as important, if not more important than reading for a lot of people because it's just so convenient to listen um, and it's and more people can do it in more situations. But let's just say reading for now. 98% comprehension is, is very important according to a lot of research on extensive reading as opposed to, say, intensive reading, which is not necessarily bad, but it's just you cover less because it's intensive. You know less your percentage coverage of your understanding of what you're looking at or listening to is lower. So you have to work harder. Your brain works harder. You have to study more. I did the air quotes again. Right, that's it. Last time, completely. <laughs> so uh, you have to study, which is basically you have to look up words. It's frustrating and it slows you down. And there's too many new words. So your brain doesn't notice the new words as much because there's so many of them. There's so many new words. So whereas with 98% understanding, when a new word comes up, it's very prominent because there's so few of them. And it's therefore, in theory, it's easier to acquire those new words. So anyway, we've got 57 levels of the course, we start introducing longer form content around level 21. 
and that content gets more and more uh, uh, in depth and longer as you go through until you get to level, you know, I can't remember now, but it's, you get to like phase five and you're, you've just got whole full stories. Now we've got 20 full stories at the moment where currently we've written a bunch more uh, and we also have access now, thanks to the wonderful guys over at uh, Mandarin Companion, they've given us the ability to license 40% of each one of their books and they have uh, 20 books or is it 13 or 14 at least 13 books they have graded readers so they're they're designed for 150 to 300 to 600 characters I believe and uh, they've given us the rights to 40% of each sorry well the licensing rights if you like so we, we're going to basically take uh, the first few chunks of each one of their books and put it on the course for you and as soon as you unlock a paragraph or a chapter, rather, uh, we will present it to you. And how do you unlock a chapter? Well, there's two. Uh, we'll, we'll basically make them available on Google Slides for you. And you can, it, there'll be 90% coverage level and 98%. So we'll show you at the top of every story and we'll, we'll indicate it to you as soon as you reach that point in the course platform itself. Once you are able to understand 90% of this story, or this chapter, whether it's Mandarin Companion or our own content, uh, we will notify you and you'll be able to go and try and read it and listen to it. Um, and also, once you get to 98%, you'll see, oh, this is level 32. You understand 90% of this video, this video, this uh, book or this excerpt. But when you get to level 34, you'll understand 98% of it. And if you like, you can just wait until you get to 98% and just ignore all the 90% levels and not even bother. That's fine. It's kind of experimental for us. We want to see how people fare at 90% and 98%. So we're going to have this done soon and uh, it'll be accessible to everyone. I'm not sure if we're going to be able to do the audio for the Mandarin Companion though, because that's a, it's, it's a lot of content and uh, recording audio is, is, takes a lot of time and therefore money for us. So. Uh, we'd like to do it eventually, but it also, I think they're going to have audiobooks out soon anyway. So who knows? Uh, but we'll at least have the male and female audio for our own content. The 20 stories we already have, plus I think there's another 20 or so stories and longer form content we're going to have coming. So it's going to have male and female audio at 100% and 80% speed. You can just click and just w and follow through the stories. And it's going to be awesome. And that's going to be available to you very soon. So that's, that's I think, the most exciting update. Uh, we're also making great progress on the course expansion. We're almost pretty much done with it. Uh, we've done all the, the main legwork. Now we're just doing all, like, tying up all the loose ends and fixing all the little issues and stuff like that. Should have the full 1,500 or so characters out very soon. And 4,000 words. And all of the sentences that goes with that. Very exciting. Very exciting. So... I think that's it for the updates. I, as usual, I'm probably going to remember like another three things that I always forget uh, like halfway through the rest of the podcast. But speaking of the rest of the podcast, let's get to it. So uh, we're going to now move from the more general stuff to the more specific stuff on the actual course. So one of my favorite parts is re talking about movies. So for those who don't know, we make movies in our minds, in our mind's eye, our imagination. We shoot films involving people, uh, actors, uh, places or sets, and objects or props, as we call them. 
And we interact with these things uh, to make sort of a movie scene in our mind that represents the meaning of the character. And of course, the props, the objects represent the components, the actors or the people from our lives that we choose personally, that you choose, represent the opinion initial and the place itself and the, and the room within that place represents the final and the tone. It's all very cool. And if you're not sure what's going on, you can always just sign up to the course. Go to mandarinblueprint.com and uh, go, sign up for a free trial right now and just test it out. Uh, also, yeah, we have blog posts explaining each section below. Uh, so let's get started with movies. Okay, so the first movie we've got is from Brett Young. Let's have a look. Yoko Ono and John Lennon are looking for a snake in the living room of my childhood home. They each have an open box in one hand and a hook in the other hand to capture it. Suddenly, Yoko spots a snake in the corner and says, the snake left already, and angrily throws down the box. The camera next shows the outside of the house and a laughing snake is slithering away while the eagle's already gone plays in the background. This is great because this character is a tough one in terms, especially for a beginner, right? If you're just on the course, like you're not, you're not uh, that experienced yet. When you have very abstract meanings like this, you might it stumps people in the beginning. That's why we have so many videos walking you through and teaching you how to overcome it because it's actually really easy. And this is an example of exactly what you should do when you have a more abstract meaning like already. You use, you don't just say, uh, at first I was worried, I thought Brett was just gonna say, the snake left already, and then that's it. But no, and I imagine that that is dressed up with some uh, gestures and emotional, uh, emotive sort of uh, gestures and facial expressions in there as well, to sort of really, the snake's already gone, you know, really overdoing it, that really helps when it's an abstract meaning, using gestures and expressions to solidify the meaning more. But on top of that, he's also got the camera, his eyes, his mind's eye, that's your camera, goes outside and sees a laughing snake slithering away. Uh, and yeah, you've used all the props. Can't really, I can't really praise that one enough. Really well done. Uh, John Grist, make a movie for Bai, which means 100. He says, I'm trying to make the room association stronger. So my actor stands on the bed to paint the ceiling. Similarly, in bathroom, uh, they sit in the bath. Fantastic idea, yes. This was something that Phil or I didn't really have a problem with, but when we started teaching it live to a lot of people, to hundreds of people, we found that a lot of people, a surprising amount of people, were having trouble, not with anything else in the method, but only remembering the room and the set. Like, where were they? And so we came up with a few solutions. Well, the one solution that really works is involving the set more. So if you're in the bathroom, sit in the bath or smash the sink or, you know, uh, pull down the curtain rail or, what, you know, something you involve the actual objects that are directly associated with that room in your scene. Awesome. That's a great point. And uh, you should all apply that. Just naturally just do that. You're in the living room, stand on the sofa, smash the TV. <laughs> I'll say smash stuff. This is what I do. Uh, but yeah, that's my style in my, in my scenes. Uh, got another one here from Adel Adam Cardellini. He's been with us for, well, since like January when we first launched the course. Uh, and he's getting back into it again, which is great. In this instance, I was luckily, uh, I was lucky with the props. This is for, sorry, this is for making a movie for Hua, which means speech. 
Uh, so it's got like a, a speech component on the left, the little eye-looking thing, yenzapang, and uh, shu, the tongue component on the left. In this instance, I was lucky with the props that I picked for the two huas. Uh, in each version, there is a different person uh, represented by a prop. Ah, Chuck Norris and Licky Tongue. Good, okay. Uh, my actor from H uh, for H, Mr. Hankey, has evidently set up a counselling clinic for my E-set bathroom. Uh, first to help Chuck transform into Snow White and to help Licky Tongue talk with a megaphone despite his big tongue. Mr. Hankey is such a helpful fellow. That's awesome. I like that a lot. So for those of you who are like, what the heck are you talking about? Well, he's when he says uh, transform, hua is a fourth tone character that means to transform. And it's made up of, yeah, it's made up of a man, a person component and sort of a hook, looks like that. Um, and uh, yeah, he's they're both in the same place or rather they're with these, yeah, and they're with the same actor, the HU actor, which in this case is Mr. Hankey. So he's used that to his advantage. Rather than letting that confuse him, he's used that to his advantage and sort of made made a connection between two completely different characters or movie scenes, which, which is a very common thing that people like to do. It's really helpful. Jonathan Pritchard, make a movie for dual, which means old, but for objects. And he says, my friend Jennifer is in the bathroom of Austin Zen Center, that's this set, where he says, I remember standing outside of, OU, outside of, that's a connection to the, uh, the actual opinion final there, great. She's sitting on the floor meditating with a walking stick leaned against the wall, and the sun is weathering the stick away until it crumbles, but she stays unaffected. unaffected. Very simple, very straightforward, and you could even do like a cool movie uh, sort of camera angle of that uh, walking stick as it's sort of blowing away, like doing a close-up maybe to really accentuate it. maybe some sounds of the wind blowing it away or something like that, you, get, you know what I'm saying. That's awesome, yeah. I love, I love, I love the straight and simple ones. Alina Dana Kuroyan make a movie for Men, which means door. And it's made up, as you can see, of a stick and sort of a, what we call pincer and, and a drop. So this one, let's see what Alina does with this one. My M actor, because it's pronounced men, uh, is in the kitchen of the EN location. The kitchen represents second tone. And there's a really big black scorpion climbing on the kitchen door. Scorpion would represent the pincer, sort of curved bit, the hooked bit of the character, that, that component. The M actor is frightened, so takes his huge eyedropper, that represents the drop, uh, eyedropper weapon, and drops a drop of phosphorescent green poison on the scorpion, that's the drop part on the scorpion pincers, but the scorpion seems not affected. Then he hits the scorpion pincers with his magic fighting stick, the prop for the, the stick looking thing, and still there's no effect. The scorpion laughs and says in the human voice, I'm the spirit of Scor the Scorpio constellation, you cannot harm me. A transparent big door appears floating in the air in the, in the middle of the kitchen, the Scorpio with a drop of green phosphorescent poison on his pincers and holding the fight, fighting stick is suddenly disappearing through that magic floating door. Immediately after, the magic floating door disappears. Awesome, yes. And I can imagine the, the, the actor's reaction to what's going on. And you could even do it the other way. You could have like the Scorpion is losing the fight and it uses the, more, <laughs> the door to sort of escape. It's awesome, very, very good. I like that. Um, just a couple of quick last things here. 
those are all the movies. Thank you, guys. There's actually a few more, but we just didn't have time to go through all of them. Um, those are sort of my favorites of the week. Uh, we've got just one actor that I wanted to mention here by Dev Chen. He's, uh, he's, he chose an actor for TU, which is a fictional uh, actor. Thor, the god of thunder. Uh, he's also written the Chinese there, Lei Shen, thunder god. And uh, that's how you say Thor, by the way. Uh, Lei Shen. And uh, he, yeah, I just really like that one. It's, it's simple, but also it, it reminded me of something that I haven't mentioned in a while since making the actual course, which is the idea of using extras. So in these movie scenes, you can sometimes get a bit stumped. And usually that means you just need a break, right? But sometimes you get a bit stumped and you kind of, how do I, uh, I need, you feel like you need an extra pair of hands. Well, if you have someone like Thor, you can bring in another one of the Avengers. You know, Captain America can maybe come in and help out or Hulk or something like that, if they're not already your actor for somewhere else. Um, and, and this is a good one. Also making copies of the same person works, but I like extras because, again, they, you're bringing in someone with a completely different personality, a new set of skills, a new th characteristics that they can maybe use in, in the scene. So I thought I'd mention that. Now on to props. Okay, so again, these are the objects that we use to represent the components of the characters. Uh, Alina, uh, she uh, this this is a nice one. She says Wu Gengji. I don't know how what the tones are on that. Uh, the emperor or one of the emperors. He's actually a character from a Chinese anime. Oh, okay. Named Wu Gengji. This might be very obscure for lots of people, but if you resonate with the idea of a powerful emperor, you can choose a real or fantasy emperor that you admire as a prop. So this is picking a prop to represent Li, which is the character meaning power. So I mean, people have chosen lots of cool stuff for this. Um, Goku, I think was one of Goku from Dragon Ball Z, someone powerful, but power in, in the trendy, like the, in terms of authority, you can choose the emperor. Uh, and you can choose any emperor. I, in fact, I recently saw The Last Emperor, uh, which was uh, awesome. I love the, the Last Emperor. It's a good sort of Mandarin film. Uh, yeah, it is in Mandarin, isn't it? I did sometimes. I think I watched actually. I watched the they they shot the film. According to my wife, they shot the film fully in Mandarin and fully in English. I think I saw the English version. I might be telling tales there, but that's what she said. Uh, I think we might just have false memories <laughs> of like I'm sure there's a anyway. But it's a great film, very good film. Uh, so I would probably choose that actor, that character from that film. Uh, you can choose a real... Oh, by the way, if anyone's wondering where my wedding ring's gone, I'm not getting divorced. I just left it at the gym the other day. <laughs> I left it in my gym bag, sorry. I was like, what? Is, is he, is, they have an argument or something. No, no, we're fine. Um, <laughs> just thought I'd mention. So next one, we've got William Edmides on Pick a Prop for I really like this one. I had to put it in because J is like a... Uh, it's very common, but it's got a very abstract... It basically means of... You know, the god of thunder, the, you know, the hand of God, whatever. It's of, right? So uh, it's, it's how, you know, how do you think of a, and it kind of looks like a person in a cloak, if you look at the appearance, I guess. But like, it's how do you pick a prop for that meaning? It's really tough. Well, William just says, a firework to symbolize the 4th of July. It works. Even if it's tenuous, you know, or not quite... It, there's one or two degrees of separation from the actual uh, character itself or the component. Just go for it. That, that works for me, mate. Another one from William, which I thought was really good, was pick a prop for Fung. 
uh, he's gone for George McFly, the Marty's dad from Back to the Future. He was both a square and a loser, <laughs> right? So um, I really like that one a lot. So we have, uh, yeah, because Fung means square. Okay. Why loser though? Loser, loser, loser. I, I can't, I can't, I'm not seeing the connection to loser, but I'm, I'm sure I'm, because it's my problem, I'm forgetting something, not your problem. But yeah, that's great. He's a square, like that. And then we've just got a couple of last comments here uh, from Dev Chen and Fred Snyder. So Dev Chen had a, a question where he's on, it's a word for ji. Now ji as a verb basically means to note something down, but it can also mean to memorize. And because of Dev's comment, I'm actually going to make sure that's clear in the lesson because I don't think it's clear enough. So uh, the, the sentence is this, 请记一下我的话. So it's basically, please write down what I say or what I'm saying. Uh, that was the translation that we chose. And he's asking, would it not be more accurate to say, please remember what I said or please remember my words? And the answer is both are correct. So, 请记一下我的话 is basically can also mean just can you write this down or can you just memorize it? It means both. So, uh, thanks for asking that question. I'm going to make sure that that's clear in in there. And Fred Snyder said, it's a word for zhong. So, this is a sentence that we give. Uh, 他的名字中有一个 a or 有一个字母 a. That, that, that's both fine. So that's the actual sentence, but he says, 他的名字有一个 So just leaving out the zhong, you know, what does zhong add to the sentence? Well, I, I mean, I, I repeat, because of this question, I was repeating it to myself. 他的名字中有一个 a. I was just trying to, it, what, the, the one with, with zhong just sounds right, right? So I checked with my wife. I was like, what's the difference between the two sentences? Is there a difference? And uh, it was more of a feeling. She's just like, the first one's just not what people would say. So the jong, you need that in there because the jong means basically what within what I just pre previously said. Tada means jong. So within his name, there's an A. But if you say tada means you get A, it wouldn't sound, it wouldn't be like completely wrong. It was not like terrible. It's not like, what? You're, you're a foreigner speaking rubbish Chinese. But it's just not as something that is, sounds as natural, basically. So this, it's not a big deal. So, and, and it's usually the case with most of these sort of questions, which I really appreciate, but like, they're just sort of like, it's fine. You know, but means a zhong, you get a, sounds better. Uh, sounds more like what a normal Chinese person would say. So I hope that's clear. Uh, that's all we have for today, guys. Thank you very much for joining us today and listening to what we have to say. I hope you found it entertaining or useful or both. And I will catch you in a couple of weeks. Remember to get in touch with us anytime. Like I said before, contact us at contact at mandarinblueprint.com or if it's directly about the podcast, uh, contact us at podcast at mandarinblueprint.com. Uh, okay, guys, thanks very much. I'll speak to you very soon. Bye-bye.